0: Hello there and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Just got done with a really good podcast, uh, MMA 57 TJ Dillashaw. I'm really glad that Joe got TJ on this quickly after his unfortunate defeat just because it was such a talking point in the MMA world. Those of you that don't know, I uh, recently had a fight where he went down a weight class to... Um, win a second belt in another weight class to be the quote-unquote double champ or the champ champ. And uh, he lost to um, like an early stoppage in the first round that was pretty controversial. Check out the fight. You can see it. Um, I don't know. There's clips of it, highlights, places, YouTube, whatever. Look at it and uh, and get some information. But he talks about it on this podcast and uh, the conversation with Joe was really good it gives a really good insight to tj and his mindset and kind of uh where his head's at now so yeah let's start the review welcome to the joe rogan experience review where each week i review every single episode of the joe rogan experience what more do you want TJ is a hyper competitive guy for sure. When it comes to MMA guys, he just he just has always had that kind of fire in his eyes. Ever since I think I first saw him on the Ultimate Fighter, um, he was just the type of guy that just never wanted to lose. You could tell. Not that anyone wants to lose, you know. These fighters are professional athletes and gung ho. They're putting everything on the line, but there's just certain ones of them that, that's it. They're going to beat themselves up if they lose. They're going to take it so hard. They're going to push themselves and train and adjust and improve. And He's certainly improved phenomenally. TJ is has, has just come a hell of a long way. His fight against Cody was... And to be able to take the belt from him and beat him twice and then go on to... Uh, set up this fight at a different weight class, and in a lot of this part, conversation with Joe, he's talking about how he got to that weight, how he was able to carefully cut weight, the type of training that he was doing, uh, how dedicated he was to it. it, and he was like ripped at that weight. I mean, of course he was gonna be. He looked super tiny, but and, and his face was like gaunt. I mean, it, it was tough, but he looked like he had energy. You know, he didn't look. Really worn out. He didn't have much of a chance to show what he was capable of in the fight. So basically, he was taking some hits. He went down early in the first round. Uh, He was a bit rocked because it was a shot behind the ear. But nothing crazy. I didn't think it was was all that crazy. I mean, it just... It was starting fast. It was a fight starting fast. He dropped to his knees. He kind of got one leg. And then... Uh, before you know it the ref was just pulling him off and saying he was done and that was the end of the fight and for for it being the first fight on ESPN for UFC and such a big fight in that it was two champions and the potential for one champion to win two belts it was the kind of thing you just wouldn't expect to be ended that quickly But again, you're going to have to check it out, watch the fight, and then you get to listen to uh, TJ talk to Joe about it. TJ's obviously upset, really upset. And I do think it's somewhat justified. It's not just being a soul loser, though that it does suck, I'm sure. But there's a humility in that, you know, and you can show great strength by saying, I accept the decision and blah, blah, blah. But... For him now, I think that he doesn't accept it. He wants another go. It, it, pretty much everyone is calling it out that this fight was stopped too soon. Joe said the same thing. I think Dana said it as well. Uh, so it was a great shame. It really was that it had to go down that way. And uh, hopefully there would be another chance to to um, show what he's made of and, and come back and, and do it again. Uh, I think it's going to be a great fight if it gets a chance to get going, who knows, maybe it'll end the same way right away. I mean, that's entirely possible too. So, uh, we just have to see, but like I said, TJ was taking it hard. It worked incredibly hard for the cut and then training. And, uh, again, they were talking about the champ champ. And that is an expression that really only became common since Connor, like Conor Connor has really changed the game in the UFC. And, I think that was a great contribution, you know. Now you have multiple people that uh, that are champ champs. cormier is a champ champ uh and you know, you you're going to see more of it in the future. He like kind of set the way for it, if you will. Um and yeah, I don't think anybody said that before him that I can remember. Uh I'm not sure. Anyway, TJ talks about some of his training methods he used to do a lot of altitude training. Uh, And a lot of UFC fighters do that, athletes all the rest of it. But I think what's happening now and what they're kind of what these researchers and athletes and different scientists, nutritionists, personal trainers are saying is that you can't actually do as much work at altitude. So therefore, you can't work your body out as well because you're more tired and also your body can't recover as well. So there's some major limitations to that. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs of what that means, really, for an athlete. Uh, TJ explains it a lot better than I'm bumbling to do. But obviously, you know, he's a professional athlete. He knows these things. But it's I like that it's changing. I like that these things are constantly evolving. Like, that was the, the big way of thinking, the big way of training. Everyone goes to altitude for their camps, etc. And then you know, now things are changing because uh, that necessarily isn't the best way. He does say he uses some sort of mask that restricts his breathing and that is supposed to help him uh, breathe better. Not while he's got it on, obviously. It's very difficult to breathe, but it's supposed to mimic when he's running out of oxygen and, and having to work harder just in his lung capacity or the rest of it. Uh, he did say he was using some kind of device that, and he passed out doing it, so... Uh, with caution use those obviously read the instructions uh i can't imagine ever training hard enough to where i would want to wear some sort of device that gets in the way of my breathing like that but hey if you want to be a world champ you got to do some extreme things that is for sure and um Also, Joe was saying to be the best fighter, to be the greatest UFC guy, you almost have to be a little bit crazy and crazy in not unstable, but crazy in the sense of like crazy to win, you know, crazy, fearful of losing. You've got to have just the most unbelievable drive. And I would imagine like being really good at anything massive support and huge sacrifice across the board like you can't do normal things for the most part like training never stops you've always got your eye on it that's why i'm not surprised to hear so many uh ufc guys mma guys now you know i mean they're really eating and training and living like like professional athletes from all different kinds of sports you know it's not uncommon to hear that somebody doesn't drink you know somebody doesn't You know, that they only eat the very best food all the time. They only go to the very best gyms and the most advanced setups. It makes sense because if you aren't willing to make that sacrifice, someone else will. And that might be the edge that they need to kind of kick you out and, and get in there. And the reason, I mean, it sounds obvious, right? It sounds obvious that they would be like this. But I think what I like about hearing TJ on this podcast is that you're really hearing the evolution of these fighters because if you remember back to the original ultimate fighter seasons like one two and three people were getting hammered in that house like most of the guys going into fight had drinking problems uh chris lieben was a perfect example i think he was like absolutely smashed on his season that was season one i believe multiple other seasons have been like that fights in the house just people being a mess, not necessarily eating right, not cutting weight right I mean the sport has just evolved to a whole nother level nowadays you know not only I don't think they let them have alcohol in the house anymore but they they're behaving themselves they're living a lot differently and they're emulating guys like t j who are champs living this way training this precisely because in order to be a champ to be you got to emulate those guys you got to do what they're doing tj uses a, a garage of his trainer who's also a calculus teacher and a very smart dude but helps tj out and other guys so they just squish everything into this garage that they use which is unusual you know you'd think that they would go to a much larger gym and set up but it's about the community you're with and people that know what they're doing and helping train and and this the guy that trains tj is like a numbers guy obviously he's a calculus teacher but he's all about taking tests you know heart rate blood levels all this and and in scheduling the training and the eating all based on that so it's a very kind of scientific setup i think joe wants to have this guy on i don't know if he'd go on joe's podcast but it would be really cool to hear just his setup and his how how he does everything um just because it's fascinating. I mean, not like I'm ever going to train like that, but who knows? Sometimes you pick up little hints of knowledge and you're like, oh, cool. I could try that. Or maybe I'll get a, you know, an exercise bike or maybe that's a really good way for keeping your endurance up or whatever. And uh, towards the end of the podcast, some takeaways that I had that I liked from it. And I, I think I might start doing a bit of a takeaway segment at the end, just like a, an overall recap of, of really the The best things that I got from the podcast is just how he, TJ, recovers what he's using. So so he hasn't used cryo, but he did go with Joe after the podcast. If you follow him on Instagram, you would have saw that. He loved cryo. Doesn't really mess with the ice baths. Thinks they're too cold. But cryo, I think, is going to be on his list. He does some red light therapy, which is supposed to remove toxins and also uh create a bit of a uh infrared sauna kind of setup. Float tanks are something he uses. Float tanks are something I use. Obviously Joe loves them, he's the reason pretty much everyone does them. But float tanks are something to really help him TJ slow his mind down and keep himself calm. I think that they're brilliant and uh I think it's great that he's using it. Also a lot of massage therapy going in for tons of massage uh, keep those muscles working, massage. When you go to a good person that really knows the body, uh, is an excellent thing for recovery, for sure. And also doing some yoga. Yoga is so good for any sports and athletics and and keeping your body in shape and, and just for yourself and for stress. I mean, if you don't even have time to work out, probably yoga is the best thing to do. It's pretty chill. It's super painful as well, but it's also... Chilled and relaxing. Well, that's this episode of the JRE review. It's a really good conversation. Uh, if you're an MMA fan, of course, and you know the controversy, but it's also a good, um, it's also a good conversation. If you're looking to just really improve your physical health, and uh, you're looking to really grow and better yourself as a person and if you're on that journey because someone like tj works so hard and uh, really pushes the limits to be the very best that he can it it kind of you you get a sense of that energy on there but anyway guys thank you for listening as always uh, there's going to be a couple more podcasts this week and um, that's it thanks a lot peace